Oregon Employment First, supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. Learn more at iWorkWeSucceed.org. Hi, and welcome to the Oregon Employment First podcast. I'm Angela Yeager with Employment First. Today, I have guest Murr Stevens on the show. Murr is the Director of Supported Employment with Community Access Services, a provider agency in the Portland metro area. Community Access Services is supporting several people working from home during COVID-19 with job coaching services. Murr is here today to discuss some creative ways that employment specialists can support people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work during COVID-19. Thank you for being on the show, Murr. Well, thank you for inviting me, Angela. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. So excited to have you here today. This is our first remote podcast that we've done. So very excited that you're our first guest for this. (laughs) (laughs) So first, I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about community access services and about the services that your agency uh, offers and how many people you support. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, CAS was founded... um, a little over 30 years ago during that big push to get folks out of Fairview, um, our state's institution, and into community-based homes. Um, And one of our specialties um, has always been serving folks with the most significant medical support needs. Um, And so uh, we currently serve in the organization 126 people, um, and that's across supported employment as well as day support activities, um, in-home support, supported living, as well as um, in-group homes. So um, as a supported employment team, we provide um, just the full range of um, opportunities for folks to um, explore the work world um, before employment, as well as um, supported employment services on the job. Um, So we provide discovery, or we will again, (laughs) once COVID allows us to. Um, We have a project search program um, that we uh, collaborate with the city of Portland um, to operate. Um, again, it's on on hold because of the current crisis, um, but we also provide quite a bit of job coaching um, and job development services, um, and we serve 44 people currently in supported employment, according to according to the the last month we build, um, and that number unfortunately has been on the move because of job losses uh, due to COVID, but also because of some people placed um, that have uh, um, gotten jobs recently. Okay, so 44. That's still a that's still a healthy number, though. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> hoping, hoping to grow always. So tell me about how you've been able to support people with services like jo- job coaching during COVID-19. Because I can imagine a lot of people think of that traditionally. It's a one-on-one service with someone, you know, standing side by side with the person while they're on the job. Well, you know, that often is one of the ways it looks. I think that one of the things we've been trying to sort of rethink is, first of all, is it always, does it always look like that? Um, One of the people that we serve remotely, we've actually served remotely for a long time, but a lot of the services we provided didn't actually like count in a, in an official sense. Um, This is an individual who is incredibly independent most of the time, but there are moments when um, this person needs quite a bit of support to just navigate changes, um, things that inspire a big reaction, um, new tasks, as well as just, you know, the things that happen over the course of um, your work life that cause, you know, a change of office, a change of expectations, change of manager. And those times have required quite a bit of um, more intensive work. 
Um, and so a lot of what we've done has been to be present and available, but not, um, you know, at this person's side um, until those times when we need to kind of scoot in and help build a relationship or help to navigate a challenging situation. And so um, <clears throat> prior to COVID, um, this individual worked um, about full time um, in an office setting. And um, since COVID, um, there was a phase of just no work, um, um, you know, fully at home. And then as, as sort of reality hit that this wasn't a short-term situation, um, the employer reached out to say, okay, here are some tasks that can be done from home. Um, and so that, you know, you know, shorter, shorter workday, fewer hours. Um, and then gradually that's changed to, um, sometime in the office in a distance sense and sometime at home. Um, we didn't ever actually go physically to this individual's home to um, provide support. But what we did was a lot of calling, um, a lot of emails to just say, okay, here's some things to think about as you're structuring your day to day. Um, and a lot of trying to triangulate among the other people as family members working from home as well. Okay, how do we um, how do we provide as a team what's going to be necessary in order to minimize distractions and um, you know set up a good workspace? Sort of all of that stuff that I think many of us are are dealing with right now. So it sounds like the the supports you were able to provide, um, you were able to do without even having to go into the person's home in that case mm -hmm. um, through phone. And as you said, email, have you used um, things like video chat or other technology? For some folks, video chat works really well. I think that um, it's so case by case. Um, I have found myself using less video chat than I expected. Um, and part of that, I think, is because there's a real unevenness in terms of access to technology. Mm -hmm. And then different people, different learning styles, all that stuff that kind of can get in the way of, of processing that visual image and hearing a voice and responding and also talking about something kind of abstractly, which is usually something that can be so concrete. Um, so um, video chat, yes, but also uh, quite a bit of um, texting, honestly, seems to be a lot more useful than I expected. Texting. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's great to hear. Um, now, I know uh, CAS or Community Access Services, um, you've supported a few people that uh, were interns with mm -hmm. the City of Portland, the, the Project Search, and now actually are employed by City of Portland. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, two folks are working for the City of Portland of the of the folks that have graduated from that program. And those both of those people are remo uh, working remotely? Now? Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, the city has been a really fantastic employer. Um, and I say the city, it's actually two separate bureaus, the Bureau of the Water Bureau and the... the um, Oh, excuse me. I want to say the wastewater treatment plant because that's how we so casually refer to them all the time. But the Bureau of Environmental Services, um, and they have been um, really creative and really good at thinking critically about, OK, what what is the core function of the job that can be moved offsite um, and what can't be moved offsite? Um, you know, they're they're both. Um, city services that can't pause um, for any reason. You know, they really are a um, vital 
you know, life sustaining part of all of our lives. Um, and so they actually have emergency plans that are very well developed, very thought out. Um, and so, you know, we've basically been um, participating in um, as much support as we can, um, as the the people that work there have been doing um, the core functions of their job, as well as um, in many ways, sort of being able to be some of the folks that, that leave the office in order to let um, the people that keep the keep the um, the bureaus running, um, you know, uh, participating in their shifts. But you know, as as the um, work has needed to happen in the office again, those folks have come back into the office, and so we have one individual doing some um, reception work because making sure that traffic flows in and out of the wastewater treatment plant is is really key. Um, and another individual who's making lead test kits, since that continues to be a concern for a lot of Portland households. Um, so there is quite a bit of work happening, but you know it, it evolves and it changes based on the need um, of the employer. Need help planning your road to work? Go to roadtowork.oregon.gov and create your customized course to a job using available services and supports. That's roadtowork with the number two dot Oregon dot gov. So the person, for instance, doing the reception work, um, receptionist work, mm-hmm. is that person doing that at the office now then? Um, doing that at the office a couple of days a week and then um, performing other tasks from home for other days of the week. I see. So as other administrative work. Exactly. So what are some of the challenges of doing job coaching remotely? Well, you know, there's one individual that I'm coaching and, you know, it's it's work that I've been doing because it isn't, you know, we're so used to scheduling where it's a block of, of two hours, it's a 15 minute check in, and we have a coach bouncing around town. And so now we have all of this coaching that can happen, sort of more woven into an office workday. So I've, I've actually taken quite a bit on myself, which has been really awesome in many ways. Um, but, you know, not having that place to be and that time to be there, I think for some individuals is, is a real challenge. And, um, I have encountered um, the, the the challenge of, you know, okay, it's, it's a Thursday at one o'clock, I'm going to call, we're going to get your work set up from home. Um, and the all of the typical reminders that exist in a person's life to, um, to get to work on time have just kind of vanished. There's no transportation to worry about. There's, there's no kind of getting up and getting going to worry about. And so with all of that structure um, kind of receding for some folks, the the habit of doing what needs to be done can can be a little bit more challenging uh-huh. you know so um a lot of the supports that that individual needs really are um are kind of based in creating a new routine sticking to those structures and you know it's something i think that all of us who are working from home kind of realize you know there is there are some pieces that you need to to keep in place in order for the um the work to happen um, and so right, it's... that structure that we all need, right? So we don't just, for instance, remember to take a break or oh, sure. remember to wake up on time. Yeah. And it's tough to work surrounded by all of the tasks that we need to get done in our homes all the time. <laughs> right. And so. distractions, pets, oh, kids, goodness. whatever it may be, right? So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I've I've really been 
really trying to think through, you know, what are some ways that we can um, help the person uh, build those structures themselves, um, even though they're not strictly necessary in that literal concrete way, you know, sure, you won't miss the bus, but will you miss starting work? Um, and so um, that's been that's been an interesting challenge. But that individual has been able to do some shredding from home, which was um, about 25% of their position prior to um, COVID. But that's the only piece that can be taken um, from the workplace to their home. So, um, you know, that that piece has changed as well. And I think that anybody dealing with a 75% reduction in the in their work hours um, would be, I think, also a, floundering a little bit, uh, trying to figure out how to, um, you know, how to how to maintain that structure. So what are some of the supports you set up in terms of, for instance, if someone is struggling with remembering to start work at a at a certain time? Um, is it things like reminders on mm -hmm. their phone or, you know, things like that? Yeah. And, you know, of course, it's highly individualized. So some folks reminders on their phone works really well. Um, working with teams. And so if it's somebody who's living with family or a group home, um, being able to kind of collaborate and say, okay, what, you know, what does morning look like? Um, and that, you know, what's a good day? What's a bad day question? Um, and maybe a little bit more, what's a productive day? What's a less productive day? Um, for um, some folks, you know, I've really done um, um, quite a bit of the, the, you know, taking a lot on a sort of considering it part of the job coaching. I have a very complex system of timers in my phone. So, you know, Wednesday at two o'clock, this goes off, I need to text this person. If I don't hear back within a certain amount of time, I've got to sort of all of that stuff um, has has kind of become part of the, the coaching support. Um, and, you know, we only have a handful of folks that are working from home. A lot of people are still working in a more traditional, um, you know, having to be there sense. Um, but for the folks that are, I think it's really been um, it's really been interesting to see what what's been what's been necessary to keep the train train going, if you will. So what are some tips then for other employment specialists who want to try supporting someone to work from home or working remotely? You know, I think a lot of it feels like job carving did um, prior to someone getting hired. Um, you know, I'm actually trying to work with an employer right now because there's a, a fantastic position. It's it's one of those fits that um, is, you know, it felt so, so perfect, but it's an individual, you know, working in an office setting who really would be pretty, con you know, really compromised by um, a potential infection. And so everybody agrees, you know, being around people outside of this person's household, not a safe thing. So what I'm trying to do is approach that employer and have those conversations with that, you know, let's think creatively. What can VR fund? What can we do? How can we use our staff to fill in the gaps of what the expectation used to be um, and what it could be now? And, you know, could we look at reduced tasks? Could we look at, you know, um, pulling tasks off of another team member who can be in the office and bringing them over to this individual who can't be, you know, do we need to enhance the internet access at this person's home? Do we need to create, um, you know, a remote tunnel in to a secure server? 
Um, you know, I mean, I'm working off of one right now. It's safe enough for our HIPAA. It's same, the same HIPAA law applies to, or the same privacy laws applies to, to the, the potentially sensitive data here. You know, can we try to have that conversation where we sort of open up what that could look like? Um, and I'm trying to advocate actually for coaching that might happen remotely to the individual, but where the coach is in the workplace making sure that whatever is physically in the workplace that's needed for that work to happen might be able to be transmitted securely so that the individual can do their job. So oh, interesting. How would that work? Well, my, the, my vision of it <clears throat> is that there would be a, um, a camera set up um, to take, to, to be able to easily take a picture of a page and um, that that essentially a day long Skype session or FaceTime or Zoom or whatever system we're able to to get set up so that that camera is perpetually um, showing um, a perfectly in focus um, piece of paper or you know workstation, and that that can be used as a way of of you know securely transmitting the. Um, the documents that this person needs to work on, which are not allowed to go to um, to a person's home, which is totally understandable. Um, but then with a computer with remote internet access, anything that needs to be done as far as, you know, working with that data um, could happen with access to that server. So theoretically, theoretically. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, but it's of course the employer feeling, you know, getting on board with that, the employer feeling comfortable having somebody who's not an employee who, you know, prior to COVID was in the office constantly, you know, working with and training, but not an employee doing some of those truly employee tasks, um, as well as, you know, making sure that VR has, has buy-in for, um, for the, 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 well, the parts that go to buy. Right. <laughs> um, which I think, you know, I think I could probably do it under a hundred dollars. I've looked at the way like YouTubers set up those over the, over the task shots that they do. Um, and, you know, really trying to borrow from different expertise in order to make sure that, that if it can be done, we're trying it. Have you heard about the Employment Outcome System? Doesn't sound exciting, I know, but it is. The Employment Outcome System or EOS website puts you in control. Go to eos.oregon.gov, and you can look at info and outcomes for agencies providing employment services to people with developmental disabilities in Oregon. You can look up providers in your county and compare their numbers on employment services. So have there been any surprising benefits or positives that you've seen come out of remote services? Oh, gosh, definitely. You know, one of the people that we support um, remotely really struggled with focus and getting off task. And uh, this individual is um, very social, loves people, but also I think is is pretty at, at their core kind of a kind of a, an introvert and I think that trying to switch between I'm with people that I appreciate and that I enjoy and then I do these things here was really difficult and now without all of those folks um, in an unpredictable way you know they're they're you know on a scheduled meeting they're writing an email but it's it seems like their their focus is so so much improved and their productivity is better. Uh, and so, you know, it, it really is sort of like we've thrown around on, on this person's team. Um, do we possibly advocate for work from home being a component long term? Because uh -huh. all of these benefits seem to be 
you know, taking on a lot of the stuff that we had been coaching. Which is just sort of like anyone, right? I mean, I think there's out of everyone out of your workplace, if you work in an office type environment or something like that, Mm -hmm. there's people that do really well uh, Mm -hmm. working from home. They actually might even be more productive than in an office. And then there's people that really struggle with it, right? They just, they cannot, um, they cannot focus at home or for whatever reason, um, or they really need that, the, the social time. So I think, yeah, that's really interesting to think about. Yeah. And I think the folks that we serve, you know, I, I think in in the larger disability community, there's been a lot of conversation around, you know, we've been advocating for work from home for so many years, and now suddenly it happens, just, you know, um, drop of a hat because the, the you know, non-disabled work community needs it. Um, and so, you know, and I think that it's, it's something that hadn't really, um, I think, been on the supported employment radar in the same way. Um, I think largely because it's it's more rare for us to support people who could take their work home, um, you know, and there really is, I think, as far as the folks we're supporting at home versus not, you know, it's we're supporting office jobs at home. And, you know, because of Project Search and because of, of a couple of other um, just sort of um, sort of coincidences, our agency happens to support a lot of office work compared, I think, to a lot of the other providers I've spoken to. Um, but, you know, I the people that I support at grocery stores don't have anything they could do at home. Um, the dishwashers right. are, you know, um, right. I mean, Any certain home, industries, but... <laughs> you know, manufacturing, retail, et cetera. Yeah. Bingo. It's difficult yeah. to do that work from home. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, I really hope that we can kind of maintain this, um, this focus um, and this conversation on, you know, what, what actually needs a physical space. Um, because I think that, especially for people who experience disabilities, where the physical space has such an impact on productivity, on just their the, the accessibility at all, um, I think that it, even in unexpected ways, like what is the lighting like? You know, I, I know if um, if that has an impact on your ability to work, then that it's hard to it's hard to get anything done. And so, being able to have a, a space that we have more control over, being able to have a space that is um, easier to access as far as transportation and you know all of the logistics, I think it it really could could mean quite a bit as far as what people um, who experience disabilities can contribute. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And you've sort of already addressed this, Mara. But are there any other lessons learned that you would like to share? Gosh, I think I think the lesson of just being creative and flexible and, you know, I think a lot of our creativity, our flexibility um, on my team came from just the experience of watching so many jobs just vanish. You know, it, it felt for, I think, you know, that those first couple weeks of March and probably a, most of April, you know, there was a very scary uh, trend towards, um, you know, people losing jobs, people being indefinitely furloughed. You know, we went from supporting um, a certain number of people to, I think, about 25% of the people we had been coaching were still going to work regularly. Um, And that number has definitely picked up quite a bit. A lot, a lot of people who um, were immediately sent home um, in mid-March are back to work. But well, that's Just, good news. Yeah, <laughs> it's very good news. Some people have lost their jobs indefinitely. A very small handful, I think, we're still waiting for some clarity from their employers. But, you know, increasingly, um, we know what things look like going forward. But that that initial, um, 
that initial plummet, I think, really drove home the message for me that, you know, if if we're going to continue doing this, um, then we need to do this in the way that works full stop. You know, there isn't um, there isn't a lot that that should stand between us and serving somebody, um, you know, that if, if we can control it being there. So, um, you know, trying to figure out creative ways of solving problems is what we do every day, you know, our whole field. Um, so I think, I think just applying that to, um, to what's happening and overall, I think employers have been just incredibly flexible, um, incredibly understanding. And, you know, I think that, that every business is, is looking at a changed landscape and, you know, a lot of the, the employers that I've spoken to really want to just bend over backward to try to preserve what they've worked for. Um, and I think that their investment in, the people that we serve, um, who are their employees, I think are, it's, it really says a lot about, I think the work that, that, um, has happened in the state from both an employment first perspective, but then also the individuals that are going to work every day and punching the clock and contributing. And it's been, you know, in my mind, just, you know, really kind of gives me heart to see that we're not the only ones trying to say, okay, this can work, but you know, the employers that, that, that we're talking to, um, are really in it to win it with us. Right. They they value the work that's being done of course, by folks. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's great. Well, I think that's a great um, note to end on, Mur. I really appreciate you being with us today um, for the podcast. I hope that folks got some great valuable lessons. What I heard from you was flexibility, creativity, person-centered, and, um, and I think we've all, you know, we all struggled at the very beginning. And um, so I really appreciate you sharing all these insights with us. Well, thank you, Angela. And um, yeah, I mean, this, it's a, it's a different work world. And I think that we've got to figure out how to, how to adapt to, to uh, what it looks like now. And I think that, um, you know, we're really, um, we're really looking, I think, at a longer haul than we expected initially. So I'm, I'm really glad that we've been able to partner with some, some awesome teams and, you know, I mean, the book rehab counselors and services coordinators, especially who have been willing to, to really try to figure out with us. Well, and thank you for the important and great work that, that you're doing. Really appreciate it. So well, thank you. this has been the Employment First podcast. As always, thank you for joining us.